0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the careers that you didn't know about in the the water industry and uh, the water and wastewater industry. And we have a new guest. We are on location at the Connecticut Waterworks Fall Conference here at the AquaTurf. And uh, we're going to meet some new friends today. And one of them is with us right now, uh, Miss Trina Picardi, who is uh, actually from the Hawk Organization. Hi, Trina.
1: David, thank you for having me oh, today. Oh, thank you.
0: Well, uh, you know, the whole premise of the podcast is to let students know and, and people know um, of, of the viable careers uh, in, in the water industry. And, and basically you um, aspect of the water industry, more from the vendor side and so forth. And I know from, you know, our our uh, in, intros to you guys, I mean, we use a lot of Hock equipment that you guys provide and test equipment. So Tell us, tell us a little bit about Hawk and how you got into the industry.
1: Sure. So Cl- uh, Clifford Hawk started Hawk in the 40s, and his idea at the time was to make water analysis easier for operators. Mm-hmm. We know that operators wear a lot of hats, and a lot of times they were not science majors from yep. large colleges, and so Clifford's vision was how to make chemistry and testing water as easy as possible for them. And I am currently a salesperson for the Hawk Company, Okay. continuing on with Clifford Hawk's Vision.
0: Nice, nice. Now, um, how long have you been in sales?
1: I've been in sales almost my entire career. Okay. I've worked for some other manufacturers in the water space, U.S. Filter and Siemens Water Technologies. Okay. They're now known by other organizations now. Uh-huh. And then joined Hawk in 2008.
0: Oh, okay. So you're, you're a veteran in the company now, my God. So, yep. a- anyway, so tell us a little bit about some of the test equipment that you guys, um, you know, uh, roll out to, to to the water industry. Uh,
1: sure. So two flagship measurements that Hawk is very well known for around the world is turbidity and chlorine. Mm-hmm. And those are critical to ensure that our drinking water is safe for the communities.
0: Yes. You know, obviously disinfection and, and, and turbidity is, uh, you know, and uh, for those of the, uh, on the technical side, turbidity is uh, nepelometric turbidity units. That okay. is correct. And uh, as I tell my students, that uh, measures the amount of schmegma in the water. <laughs>
1: That is correct. Originally done with a Jackson candle,
0: correct? Yes. Yeah. Now yeah. that's going back. Uh, not pe- many people realize mm-hmm. that, and so yeah. forth. And th- those are so how technology has evolved. Uh, you know, as uh, you know, centuries have gone by. You mm-hmm. know, from that sample. You know, obviously, uh, disinfection has been you know around for many many years. And you know, um, have uh, most most folks now I think are are getting ahead, getting away from chlorine. I think they're. Kind of using hypo, uh, sodium hypochlorite. Sure, yeah, but the
1: measurement that we're doing still in the industry is free and total chlorine. Yep, um, and that can be done in many different ways. When I meet friends or explain to others who are not in the industry what I do, I always reference if you have ever had a swimming pool. Yep, you know, and create that pink color to say how much chlorine is in your swimming pool. Yes, that is repeated hundreds of thousands of times across oh yeah. the United States every day with hawk equipment. Yes. Um, as small as a single-parameter handheld instrument yep. or performed real-time to ensure that the plant sending the water to the community meets EPA and DEP standards.
0: Yes, yes. Well, I can remember the litmus papers that people used to <laughs> measure their pools. <laughs> or color wheels. I, I, well, exactly. Exactly. Yes, you yep. know, the color, You know, you had the... Uh, uh the little uh, colorimeters that you mm-hmm. used to put put the violin and okay that yeah, is correct I, that's cl- no it's a little bit more like this okay that's that's good so yep. um so now where where is hock located now primarily is there I, I know they're all over the united mm-hmm. states as far as that goes
1: so Hawk has three factories. So we're in Loveland, Colorado, is mm-hmm. one of our main factories. Mm-hmm. Um, Ames, Iowa is a chemical factory. Okay. And then we have a, uh, a warehouse where we warehouse all of our goods that ship out to the customers.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, with uh, obviously COVID has affected everything, you know, from, you know, we're hopefully, you know, getting beyond that. Did, Agreed. Did you guys uh, uh, experience supply chain issues, you know, with the COVID?
1: we did there was no avoiding it i think no matter what industry you were in and there were some things that plastics raw materials hawk clifford hawk when he started hawk it was actually the hawk chemical company okay and so there was a lot of chemicals that were unavailable um i will say that the drinking water community is so collaborative Mm -hmm. and if uh, one municipality was having a trouble getting product due to a supply chain issue um, this is where I come in and they could call and I could say, well, um, we can call North Haven. We can call another community who has stocked up yep. um, in maybe in preparation yep. of wh- everything that happened with supply chain and COVID. And uh, other communities will always support each other. Sure. It's such a great industry. So other communities came to the aid of other ones. And uh, I would say though, currently at Hawk, we have uh, recovered from
0: the yeah. supply chain crisis I think most everybody has mm-hmm. you know but it's it's a matter of you know I do many podcasts and uh, one of the podcasts that I do for the for the town of Portland okay is uh, uh, we uh, interviewed the uh, we have a, a the chatham health district which is a regional health district that you know covers seven towns and so forth and you know russ melman who was the director of public health i says well when we first started doing it, it, it the, the podcast basically consisted of okay what was the infection rate of covid and you know the hospitalization rate and what vert you know variant are we on now and so i asked them we did one two weeks ago he says uh so what's the status we haven't talked about covid in a long time he says no. He says uh, that's gone. And I says we we've learned to live with it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know it is it is what it is. But you know you get to that point where you again it it it, it you have to adjust and adapt and and and, and go from there. I, I know even the state health department. You know when we we're going through the supply chains, even they put out circular letters because I know there was a while that you know chlorine was. at at a shortage, you know, as far as that goes, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's still a few wastewater companies and so forth that still use gaseous chlorine and uh, uh, hypo. I know we use, we pretty much use, uh, we only have, at one of our post-chlorination plants, we have, uh, we still have 150-pound cylinders, but that's just, uh, you know, for post-chlorination, but every place else, we're primarily using the high sodium Mm -hmm. hypochlorite. So anyway, um, so what do you like about the water industry?
1: So I've covered a lot of different uh, verticals in my career with Hawk. I've gone to power plants, food and beverage, uh, pharmaceutical companies. Um, the pace of working with the municipalities and the drive to be doing something for the public good yeah. is really what motivates me. Sure. Uh, the collaboration that I talked about in the industry, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a water operator. So when we're talking about a new application and they're asking me about it, at the end of the day, I always say, I don't do your job, but you can talk to this other community who has made the investment in hoc found this information valuable to have and how to run their plant better. Um, and any other plant can pick up the phone at any time and speak to another one. Sure. Um, and I really enjoy that. I enjoy conferences like today, yep. um, where it's just a very collaborative environment.
0: Well, I think, too, uh, you know, and I tell all my students, um, you know, in... in the class that I teach, which is water and people, which you know, wants to promote um, uh, water operators in t- into the industry. Uh, one thing I always stress to them: I says, never underestimate the power of networking, because you never know when you look somebody in the eye and you shake their hand that you're going to need what they this service or vice versa, mm-hmm. because uh, it's it's so important uh, that is. Uh, because you always, you know, like I say, that that, that, net, that web of networking that that's out there is so invaluable. Mm-hmm. It really is. So again, going from a uh, standpoint, again, our podcast is kind of geared towards high school students, college students. If you were to give um, advice to a uh, either a high school senior or college freshman about, you know, possibly getting into into sales in the industry, what, what would you say, and especially specifically gearing towards the water industry?
1: Sure. So sales is about helping people and helping them realize what their goals are, both personally and professional at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say for the water industry overall, whether it's sales or uh, field support or R&D, yep. um, even being on uh, high-end manufacturing lines that we all have, I don't want to speak just for Hawk, but... You know, thermo or some of our other sure com- uh, uh, complementary customer uh, com- industries that are out there. Um, don't overlook this industry. There is so much to it, and if you have a passion for the environment, yes, if you enjoy being outside, then what you're enjoying every day is being. We are the stewards of that environment. Sure. So if you can take that and channel it into a career, I think that you will be. It will just pay rewards for the rest of your your life. And there's so many different directions to go in. Um, We see GIS in software now. So um, we have all these SCADA systems with IT. So getting these students, these young adults, into plants and having them see and go and have a tour is so important because it's just not you turn your tap water, tap on at home, and water comes out. But how did it start for me? How did it start for the Merrimack River in Lowell, Massachusetts? Uh, And now it's drinkable. Um, And the same thing for when you flush your toilet or you're running your garbage disposal. Where is that going? Yes. And so, you know, we know that we are at a deficit of talent in our industry. Absolutely. And I can't, I, I personally make it my mission of every time I'm speaking to someone who's
0: looking for a career avenue that I always speak about the environmental sciences. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean... again succession planning in this industry you know that's been one of my passions for years and that's why i created the water and people class but you know uh i'm going to be retiring in january okay and uh, i've been in the industry 50 years so you know we have to start (laughs) pun intended to start refilling that pipeline we do to to get students interested in you know and i i think we spoke a little bit offline it's it's many times you know when i ask people how they got into the water industry it's it's not something that uh, when they were in high school, they said, "Well, I think I'm going to go in the water industry, or I'm going to." It, it, it's basically, and uh, all the podcasts that I've done, you know, the people that have gotten into the water industry is basically by habit stance. Okay, I know what my my father grew up in the industry, or my uncle, my uncle knew a guy, he says that we looking for somebody, and, and and so it goes. But you know, we're we trying to change that mindset to to the point of saying, "Say, hey." This is a very viable career. It's a lucrative career. It's a secure career. It's not something that uh, is, from a job standpoint, that can be outsourced overseas. We need boots on the ground. We need service people. We need sales people. You know, we need operators, and we need engineers. So if we can make that fit, you know, it's a win-win for everybody.
1: And I'm in that uh, field that, you, t- that field you talk about. So uh, my father was in water purification. See. Uh, worked at a small uh, instance of a company called Continental Northeast Water many years ago. Okay. And he asked me as a teenager if I could come in and just answer the phone.
0: Uh-huh. And I was
1: a teenager. Of course, I could talk on the phone. I talked to my friends constantly. Yes. And uh. so came in and answered the phone. And then when I graduated college, I do not have a science degree. He gave me my first job. I was coordinating our field service text to go out. And that company v- eventually got bought by U.S. Filter, okay. which then got purchased by Siemens. Okay, and then um, from Siemens, I was, I found the job at Hawk. I thought it was interesting, and then I decided to join Hawk instead. So, nice. um, but yeah, I do credit my. Um, career in the water industry from my father who ended up uh retiring from paul corporation yep
0: yep it's a matter of connecting the dots it is (laughs) you know yes it's it's amazing so anyway uh well anyway you know part of my passion again is part of the i I, you know my my uh degree as far as when i graduated college was uh, i I was a music teacher okay (laughs) so but i worked for the town of portland okay uh Growing up through high school, my summer job was in the water department. Uh, I came back summers uh, through high school, through college, you know, and, and my first teaching job was was at a prep school in Windsor, because Chaffee Chafee, and it was a fourth-fifth position, and I, I was still working for the town 20 hours a week, and they were, back in the day, they gave me my full-time benefits. So I said, okay, this is cool. And then we got a, uh, you know, one of the administrations got in and said that you're, you're either you're working full-time or no-time, so i says well i guess my wife is pregnant with our first child i says i guess i'll work uh full time for a couple of years well here i am 50 years later you know.
1: That's amazing. And yeah. you started off as a music teacher. Uh, yeah.
0: And, and my wife and I, we, we uh, I mean, she has passed now, but uh, we, we, we bought her uh, a, mu- she, a music school and dance school. She was the dancer uh, as far as that goes. And I was the musician. And so I still operate that today. And so so one of the questions I'm going to ask you, being a musician and so forth, I have uh, and so, forth. Uh, but uh, what was your first concert that you remember going to? <laughs>
1: It was the Go Go's ah! <laughs> when I was very young, and my aunt took me in Boston,
0: Massachusetts. There you go, the Go Go's. Yes, fantastic. Now, um, if you were stuck on a uh, on a desert island, okay, what what uh, this is quite What would your desert island albums be? Uh,
1: probably some U two maybe even the new taylor swift i might be a little too old for taylor swift oh, but I, l- I like the new one uh, oh yes um but ultimately kind of i'm an 80s person okay. music so there you go Yep. fantastic awesome. <laughs> love these questions
0: <laughs> yeah okay now the next desert island <laughs> album okay if you're stuck on a desert island okay what food could you eat every day pizza <laughs>
1: Pizza is high on. <laughs> well, I'm Italian. Oh, there so you good go. Good pizza. That's y- be good pizza. There
0: you go. Are Are yes. you familiar with any of the New Haven pizza uh, places?
1: No, no. I live in Boston. So okay,
0: you live in Boston. Well, so probably
1: a little rivalry there.
0: Okay. Well, you know, there's. Obviously, there's a, you know, story that pizza was invented in New Haven and okay. all, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we have the three biggies, which are in New Haven. You have Pepe's Pizza. Okay. We have uh, Modern Pizza. And we have Sally's. So, depending on what your flavor is, you know, uh, I did have, uh, I did a podcast at our music store. And one of the guys uh, who actually did uh, produced a movie called The Pizza Story, uh, and he did the production of it, but he he shows up at the podcast, okay, with three big Sally's pizza pies. <laughs> so so uh, you know where he was, you know as far as that goes. But yes, uh, so that, that I could
1: do pizza, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There you on go, my island, and
0: with my music, and and and. You know, cold pizzas, there's (laughs) nothing wrong with cold pizza (laughs) either (laughs) You to go from there. So, uh, fantastic. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking time. This is awesome. It was really awesome to do. You know, to go from there. And, uh, again, uh, you know, we're, again, trying to fill this pipeline and, and, and go from there. So, anyway, thank you so much. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And that concludes this episode of uh, the future of the water and wastewater industry and the careers you didn't know about. And we're going to have a whole lot of new friends coming up this afternoon and today uh, to get uh, 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 their perspective on on the water industry. So, Trina, thank you so much. Thank you. All righty.